Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. something like that, our second or third week of Christmas Carol. I'm still in Kenya time, so I'm trying to figure this all out. Um, so I have no idea what I'm going to say today. So just buckle in and hold up. So, uh, but we're, we wanna, I want to talk to you guys today about the ghost of Christmas past, dealing with your past. Every single one of us in this place, we have a past. Um, some of us good past, some of us not so good past, right? I mean, it's just, it is what it is. And um, there are moments in life that I like to call defining moments, defining moments that are in, e- in each and every one of our lives that, that really uh, are a major part of our life. And if I was going to define defining moments to us today, it would simply mean this. When something happens, it changes the trajectory of your life. When something happens, that changes the trajectory of your life. And in the clip we just saw, there were several moments in Scrooge's life, even some that we couldn't show because it would just be way too long, that the, the ghost of Christmas past takes Scrooge back to some points and places in his life that were defining moments, that made Scrooge into who Scrooge decided to become. And, and his past played a large part in that. And so a lot of us, we have defining moments. I have defining moments. You have defining moments. Some of those defining moments for me um, was uh, uh, getting saved, making the Lord Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior, and getting called into ministry um, was a major defining moment (coughs) in my life. Um, Meeting Casey, um, and and Casey, hopefully for Casey meeting me, it was a defining moment for her. Um, It may have been a regret, Um, but I remember I had to convince Casey to go on a date with me for like months. It took months um, to get her not to be scared, um, to get her not to be freaked out. I don't know what's so scary about this, but um, there, it took months. But I, I knew I, once, we, once she went on that first day, it was over because I'm like a, uh, like a can of Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop, right? It's just keep coming back, keep coming back, right? And so um, she's just like, can we please go on another date again? I was like, I guess. Um, so we got married. I mean, it was a, it's been a great define. We've been married over 20 years now, and it's been it's been amazing. Um, our kids having both of our girls, Charlie, um, was a defining moment for Casey and I when we became parents for the first time. Um, I remember one time we were we were not eating and we were not being the healthiest of people, and we're feeding Charlie carrots and peas, and we're eating Cheetos and 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 
like ding-dongs or something like that. And like she stops eating what she's eating. She's like, I want that, not this. And I'm like, that's a smart girl, right? Um, it, it changed our eating habits. It made us healthier. I remember when we had Chloe, um, we had to get a lot closer to Jesus because she was such a horrible baby. Um, she was the meanest baby I've ever met in my entire life. Awesome kid, mean baby. Like I didn't used to understand how people shook their babies. I get it now. Like I do. I had to pray. I would literally in the middle of fear, I would have to sit her down and walk out of the room because um, I was like, I'm a, Casey would walk into like my time of feeding. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I can't. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going nuts here. She's so mean, right? <laughs> Defining moments. There, there's defined starting foundation shirts, what we're doing in Kenya, defining moments that have changed the trajectory of my life forever. And there are defining moments. There's good defining moments that have happened in your life, that have happened in my life. But also, what do you do with the moments that aren't so good? Right? Because that's, that's part of it. That's part of life. What do you do with the parts that, the man, you were going along and you got drop kicked in the face and you just got stunned and you weren't expecting this and, and yet now you're, you're part of your story, part of your past is, is divorce, is adultery, is bankruptcy, is bad health, is abuse, is neglect, bad, bad choices. You know, so some of it, it's not everybody else's fault. Scrooges, it wasn't everybody else's fault. There was some pieces and places that other people played a part, but, but what do you do with the things that are negative that seem to want to become a defining moment? Today, I would like to talk to you about how to not allow the bad parts the, 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 the hard parts, the heartbreaking parts become defining moments for your life to where it doesn't just, it's going to affect your life, but it doesn't mean it has to change the trajectory of your life in a negative way. Some of the worst things that have happened to me have been the best things for me because I surrendered it to the Lord. And for some of you here, you become a victim of your past and you've become, a, well, I'm a divorcee, I'm adulterer, I am broke, and, and you feel broken in this place and you don't know how to get past your past. And the great story of, of this movie and this story that Charles Dickens writes, it isn't that Scrooge stayed this old stingy miser, right? Like, can you imagine that ending? Like, Scrooge dies, and then Charles Dickens like, and don't become a Scrooge in life, right? There, there's not a whole lot of redemption in that story, but the reason people gravitate to this story, and it was like, it, it's a best-selling book, of one of the best-selling books of all time. The reason that happened is because people love stories of redemption, People love seeing stories of people overcoming their past, and just because they were this way, they didn't turn out to stay that way. We see movies all the time. We gravitate towards movies that, that have that theme and have that storyline, and for some of us, it's time for our life to have that theme. For some of us in this place, it's time for our life to have that storyline. So how do you keep the bad moments? How do you keep the heartbreaking moments? How do you keep the things that you wish you could get past from becoming defining moments for your life? There's two things I want to share with you, um, and we got to move because i got a whole lot to say in a little bit of time. The first thing I would like to say is this. Stop letting your past 
dictate and haunt your now. Stop letting your past haunt and dictate your now. Everywhere the ghost of Christmas past took Scrooge, it was for a purpose. Because those places that the ghost of Christmas past took Scrooge to, man, it hurt. There, there, you could see it in Scrooge's face. There was, there was remorse. There was regret of, man, I missed it. I, I messed that up. I, I, I wish I could go back and do things different. And, and what happens with Scrooge is he lets the past dictate who he is in the now. And for some of us, we've allowed what's happened in the past, the neglect, the abuse. Some of you, you're here, and, and man, things that have happened to you were out of your control, and you were in an abusive situation, and, and, and you want to make that your whole story, but, but you're letting the abuse and the neglect dictate, dictate and haunt your now, and there's got to be a change if you're ever going to have a defining the moment that takes you here instead of just here or here. Don't let your past dictate and haunt you're now. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14. It says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. This very, very focus here. This one thing. Forgetting the past, which means that you fail to think of it. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. This is the, you want to know how Paul got past his past, and we'll get to that in a second. But how Paul got past his past was he had to forget about it. He had to stop thinking about it. He, he, he did not allow his past to dictate and haunt his tra- I, I forget about all that has happened in my past. I forget about the regrets. I forget about where I blew it. I forget about where I was. And I focus and I press and I look to what is ahead of me. It is amazing the power that the past can have. It, it is truly amazing. We were talking, uh, all the guys uh, that went to Kenya, we, we got around at night and we would kind of share our stories and kind of where we came from. And um, as I was sharing mine, it didn't hit me until I was talking um, one night and I said, you know, I was talking about my mid-high years and how they were really rough and um, with the mullet and the tinted glasses and the braces and all that without going into a lot of detail. Um, but there is still to this point and to this place, I still hate wearing glasses. And the simple reason is because it reminds me of me being in mid-high. As a 43, I'm 43 now, as a 43-year-old man, I still don't like wearing glasses you probably never see your pastor in glasses because it reminds me of what I used to be in the past. And there's some of us, we're struggling with way bigger things than that. That we're allowing our past to define and affect our present. So how do we get past that? How, how do you and I not allow our past to haunt and dictate our now? Well, Paul shares, shares the strategy of it. He says, man, you got to forget, you got to stop thinking about the past. 
And you got to look forward and you've got to focus and you got to strain towards what God has for you now. And here's what I would love to tell every single one of us in this place is that the great news is no matter what your past is, no matter what has happened, God has a calling on your life now. He has a purpose and he has a calling for your life to fulfill something now. And it doesn't, it's not dictated by what has happened in the past. He has something for you and I to step into now. There's a reason that your car has a big windshield and a small rear view mirror, right? Because your car was meant and designed to go forward a lot more than it was to go backwards. And life is the same way. Your life was designed to go forward and not be lived looking in the rearview mirror of life where you've blown it, where things were done that, that weren't right, that weren't, shouldn't have been done. Man, he wants you to go forward in your life. And the only way that happens is if you stop dwelling on the past and you start focusing on what is ahead. Because the great news is this, there is something ahead for you. God has something ahead for you. No matter what your past is, no matter where you blew it, God still has great things ahead for you. So how do you not let your past haunt and dictate you? The first thing is this. You stop being a scab picker. My wife was like, this is the grossest point ever. I'm like, really? Because I've said a lot of gross things. Um, She's like, but it's just gross. I'm like, it's a scab. You stop being a scab. You've seen the kids. You've seen the adults, right? Like you get a, a wound and it starts itching and you just start messing with the scab. Problem is you keep picking that scab. Some of you are like, uh. Um, but you keep picking that scab and it keeps opening the wound and it takes that much longer for that wound to heal because you keep picking at that place where you're injured. Same is true with life. There's some of us that, that the reason our past refuses to go is because we not, we're not letting it go. And to quote the great theologian Elsa, you got to let it go. <laughs> let it go. Now, all you can hear right now is that song, right? And her awkward, sexy walk in a kid's movie. I mean, it's just like, what's going on? Like, let it go. I do it pretty well. Um, here's the deal. Reason your past isn't in your past is because you're not letting it go. You're, you're still uh, picking at that scab. You're still picking at that wound, and it's never had a time to heal. Well, how do we stop picking at our wounds? Well, here's the first thing. Stop imagining what could have been. Stop living in the land of what could have been and should have been. Some of us, our life is, well, my life should have looked like this. Right? My, 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 my marriage should have looked like this. My financial situation should have looked like this. And you are busy living in the land, imagining what could have been and what should have been instead of what is. And as long as you're living there, that wound's never getting a chance to heal. Man, it is what it is. You're not going to be able to change the past. So stop living in the land of what could have been and forgetting what was behind, I press forward. I've got to focus my mind in order to do that. I press forward to what God is calling me to. Stop living in the land of could have been and should have been. The second thing, the second way that we keep picking at scabs is this, and this is just getting a little personal. You stop, you've got to stop keeping up with your exes and secretly stalking them on social media. There's a lot of truth to that. Who cares? <laughs> well, I care. Well, I, 
here's the deal. You're not going to change it. You know what? You seeing what girl they're out with, what guy they're out with, it just keeps opening that wound. Well, she's uglier than me, though, Justin. It kind of makes me feel better. I didn't say he had good judgment. I'm just saying. <laughs> but you keep opening that wound up. If you're going to get past it, man, you've got you to forget what's behind. Second, the third thing is you've got to give all that regret and all that pain and all that hurt and all that bitterness and all that anger. You've got to give it to Jesus. You've got to give it away. If you're going to get past your past, you've got to let it pass. You've got to give it away. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Stop acting like everybody else in society. Stop, stop conducting yourself and thinking like everybody else thinks, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think different, right? Like, stop allowing your past to keep ha having an effect on your life just like it does everyone else. You were created to be different, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. There has to be a transformation in the way that you think and the way that you're dealing with all this in order for you to get past it. There's got to be a renewing of your mind that only happens by you surrendering it all, all the past, all the things to the Holy Spirit. And allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and to transform and to renew and to change the way that you've been thinking so that you're not picking, 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 living in what could have been and what should have been. You're not allowing your past to haunt you and taunt you, but you're finally focusing on, man, this is what was, but God still has a what is to come. God still has something ahead of me. What he has is good and is perfect and is pleasing, and my, my, my responsibility is to focus and to be lasered in on that. The second way you keep your past from taunting and haunting you is don't let yesterday's successes become a hindrance to future purposes. Don't let yes, yesterday's successes be a hindrance to your future purpose. Some of us, the biggest hindrance to our life is the successes we had yesterday. And if I'm just being real honest, some of us, we've just gotten lazy in pursuing the dream and the calling God has put on our life because we did something way back in the day. It's true. And some of us were just like, man, but, but I did something really good back here, but God's calling on your life and his purpose for your life doesn't have an age limit to it. It doesn't have an expiration date to it. Right? It's, it's called, man, that you and I are called to live every day of our life while we still have breath with purpose. Check out what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 26. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize so, I love this part, I run with purpose in every step. Are you still running your life with purpose every day? Are you, are you still living this life out with, with purpose? 
with urgency, with a calling every day. Do you know what God's calling, do you know what God's perfect and pleasing will is for your life like it talked about in Romans? Because if not, can I tell you, your mind hasn't been renewed. There's got to be a renewing of your mind by the Holy Spirit if there's going to be a renewing in the way that you're living your life out on a daily basis. And man, he's called you and I to live our lives out, not effectively for a stage when we have children. Not, not to live our lives effectively and with purpose uh, um, in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s. But when we're in our 50s and our 60s and our 70s and our 80s and our 90s, he's called us to still continue to run after the calling and purpose that God has for our lives. Hear me. I don't care what age you are. I don't know if you're in retirement or not. But if you're in retirement, God has never called you to retire from the calling and purpose he has on your life. This older generation, hear me from somebody that's in their 40s, we need your wisdom. We need you to be involved in this church. We need you to be involved in the calling that God has on your life because there's way too much at stake for you to just mail it in. Don't let yesterday's good years be the glory years, but let them be a catapult and a stepping stone to the good things, the effective things that God is calling you to do in the here and now. Here's what the Bible says in Psalms 92, verse 12 through 14, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of God. Verse 14 is fantastic. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit they will remain vital and green. They will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock and there is no evil in him. Verse 14, even in old age, they will produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. Man, you and I, even in our old age, are called to produce fruit. When I started in on this point, I started just Googling like cool things old people have done, right? Like what are some cool things old people have done? And, and this started popping up. And I know I called a bunch of you old right now. Um, I still love you. I'm getting there quickly. But um, a 96-year-old guy, Moore Keat, is the oldest person to bungee jump at 96 years old. Um, he bungee jumped in South Africa at, an, at a 708-foot drop. He's going to pee his pants regardless, right? <laughs> like, just go for it. <laughs> Rightfully so. Dorothy Hirsch, 89 years old, when she went to the North Pole. She's 89 years old and went to the North Pole. Manura Sato is 77 years old when he sailed around the world. Smokey Dawson is an Australian country music artist, and at age 92, he released a new album containing all new songs. Gladys Burrell did something at the age of 92. She's the oldest woman to complete a marathon at age 92. I can't do it at age 43, right? Um, I'm like, props to you. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says, you are never too old to set a new goal or dream a new dream. Hear me. Man, maybe your past has been great. Don't let your past be the greatest. But understand, he still has a calling. He still has a purpose. And don't let your past cripple you because it was great. Step into what God still has for you in the now. Second thing I would want to tell us today, and some of you are like, you're only on point two, I only have two points. Um, second thing I would want to tell us today is this. Just because you were doesn't mean you still have to be. 
This, this, is, the story, this is the story of the gospel. This, this is a story of Scrooge. Scrooge was this mean miser, right? This is who he used to be. And yet the great part of this story is Scrooge turns in, and we're going to talk about Christmas future tomorrow, I mean next, next week. Some of you are like, we're having church tomorrow, awesome. Um, but next Sunday we're going to talk about the, the, the ghost of Christmas future. Um, this is who he used to be, but there was just this absolute transformation that Scrooge didn't stay who he was. And just because you've been some sort type of person, just because something has happened to you, just because you were an addict, just because you were abused, just because you were neglected, just because you were divorced, just because you've made bad decisions doesn't mean you have to be that any longer. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 18 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. <coughs> Excuse me. The Bible is full of has-beens, right? The Bible is full of has-beens. Moses had been the prince of Egypt, but God, and a murderer and a fugitive, but God used Moses to be a deliverer. When he shows up to Egypt the next time, he shows up as a great big has-been. Um, Jacob, whose name means shyster, um, who, who, conniver, um, his name after he has wrestled with God is changed to Israel. Who he used to be before he interacts with his brother Esau is gone. He is a has-been. When we talk about the Apostle Paul, you're talking about one of the greatest has-beens that you will ever read about in the Bible. Paul used to be Saul, and he was the biggest a persecutor of the church. He murdered people. He hunted down Christians. In fact, in Acts chapter 9, verse 26 through 27, it talks about when Paul, when Saul has this transformation to Paul, and he's no longer Saul, but he's Paul. He's a has-been. And all the disciples and all the believers don't want to meet with him. It says this, um, when Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. I love this part, though, in verse 26. It just says, they did not believe he had truly become a believer. They, they didn't believe that who he had been, he wasn't still. But just because you were doesn't mean you have to be. And this verse brings me to something I started thinking about on the plane ride back from Kenya. I, I'm sitting on this plane, and every time you get ready to get on a plane, these are these blocks that are put underneath the wheels, right? Right? These are actually the real thing. Um, and, and so they put these little blocks, these wedges, 
on the back of the plane tire so that if for some reason that engine comes on and it's ready to go, it cannot go anywhere with this block, with this wedge behind the wheel. It's keeping it in check. And it's amazing to me that something so small as these wedges behind something so big that has so much potential, that has the ability to literally transport people from one place to the other, can keep all that potential grounded because it's wedged in the tire. And that's what was happening to the believers. Paul had all this potential of what he was to what he could become, and yet the believers were being wedges. And what I want to tell you today is don't you be a wedge to somebody who's trying to change, church. Don't you be somebody that says, well, I'm not sure if the change is truly real. Don't be a skeptic of the has-been. I know Kanye West lately, man, praise God that Kanye West has had an experience with Jesus Christ. I would much rather be a fan of what Kanye, being a fan of the has-been Kanye, and cheer him on because he's going to be imperfect and still make mistakes and it's not going to look like it should look at times, but dear God, God is doing something and I would rather cheer people on than be a wedge behind other people from them being able to take off. And some of you, man, you feel like people are just blocking you in. Don't let other people wedge you in, but realize there's potential that God has for you and if you will remove the wedges and the people, the naysayers that are in your life saying, but this is who you used to be. This is who you used to be. Who cares who you used to be? God is transforming you and making you. And just because you were doesn't mean you have to still be. But you can be new and you can be renewed. And what was in the past can be all gone if you will just step into who God has you to be today. He's got something for you. Don't let other people wedge you down. Don't let other people check you and keep you grounded. Because understand this, and it's my last point. God wants to do a new thing, not the same thing. God wants to do a new thing, not the same thing. There's a text in Isaiah where the, Babylonian, the, the Israelites have been uh, just enslaved by the Babylonian empire for years and years and years. And they are looking for a deliverance. They're looking for an answer to their problem. And so they're thinking, hey, you know, send the next Moses, because that's what they're used to. That's what they grew up hearing was a story of, of the great exodus and Moses coming and delivering the Israelites from the world power, the Egyptian army, you know. And, and so they're expecting for God to do the same thing. And here's what the prophet Isaiah says through the Lord to the Israelites. He says this, verse 18, chapter 43, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. And for some of us, that is just key right now. God wants to do a new thing in you, for you, and through you. And so forget the ghost of Christmas past. Forget the past. Forget the former things. Stop, stop dwelling on the former things. Stop dwelling on what has happened. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness, streams in the wasteland. Understand this. God is saying this. I'm not going to answer your new problem with the same answer, but I want to do something new in your life to a new problem that you're having. And you may not be able to see it. You may not be able to understand it, but it doesn't mean that I'm not doing it. I can't explain gravity to you, right? I can't see gravity necessarily. By the way, this is not a Bible. Some people like in first service are like, that's a Bible. Um, it's not a Bible. 
I can't explain Sir Isaac Newton's law of gravity. Um, I can't write you the formula to confuse you even more, but here's what I can tell you is that I know that it works, right? I may not be able to see gravity, but it doesn't mean that it's still not at work. And some of you, maybe you can't see God moving. Maybe you can't see a way past your past. Maybe you can't see your way into the new things God has for you. And that's what he's saying. Hey, you may not perceive it, but it is already, it's already springing up. It's already happening. I'm already preparing. You may not see how your marriage is going to get better, but it's already in the works. You may not see how your health's going to get better, but it's already in the works. I'm springing up springs in your desert. I'm making ways and roads in a wasteland. I've not forgotten about you. I know where you've come from. I know the baggage you've carried. And understand, I want to do a new thing in you, not the same thing to you. And some of us, we've just got to understand, God is wanting to do a new thing. You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to feel it. You may not be able to sense that it's getting better. But hear me, if gravity is still working, man, the Holy Spirit's still working working in your life, in your situation to do a new thing, just because you were doesn't mean you still got to be. Take the wedges out of your life and walk into who God has called you to be this morning. Man, there's freedom in it. Don't let your past haunt you. Man, don't let what's happened define you. But understand, there's a defining moment God wants to put in your life now. He's got great things ahead of you now. Step into it because he's at work. He wants to do a new thing in you just because you were. Man, hear me. doesn't mean you have to be. But God wants to have a defining moment for some of us in this place today. Some of us this morning, I believe, our defining moment starts this morning. Changes the trajectory of the life that you were living. The trajectory of your marriage, the trajectory of your soul, the trajectory of your dreams, all happens right now. Not because of a sermon, because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, we come before you today. How great you are. How, how mighty you are. Lord, we come before you today, <coughs> and God, I just ask that in this place, there would be defining moments that happen. Lord, some of us, we have been defined by our past for too long. Some of us, we have been focused on our past for too long. Some of us, maybe we're watching online, maybe we're here, and, and it's, it, it seems like we can't even come to church because we feel so guilty of what has happened in the past. Lord, I pray right now that the bondage that our past wants to hold, the bondage of shame and guilt and remorse, the bondage of being a victim and pity would be done and that there would be a defining moment that happens in the life of those that are here in this place today. That, Lord, they would understand you are wanting to do a new thing. And whatever has blocked us like these wedges on an airplane, whatever has blocked change from happening, whether it is the faulty thinking, whether it is others, whether it is guilt, that, God, it would be removed from the lives of the people today so that we may step into what we were designed to do all along. Lord Jesus, to live lives that are full of purpose every day. 
so God, I pray that we would realize it's not too late. Let us understand that our, our best is not behind us. But you have a calling for us here and now. You've called us to be fruitful in our old age. And so, Lord, I pray today that wherever we are, wherever, whatever's going on, the Lord, you would move. You would work. And that, God, we would step into the new thing. We would focus on what is ahead. Like Paul instructed us to do this one thing I'll focus on, forgetting what's behind and looking forward to what's ahead. I press towards the calling of Jesus Christ. Lord, let us do that. In Jesus' name, I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. This morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. Today you may be here and maybe it's about recommitting your life to Him. That where you're at isn't where you should be. Here's what I know. If your life is ever going to move forward, your relationship with Jesus Christ has to get right. If there's ever going to be a moment that changes the trajectory of your life, of your marriage, of your family, of your finances, it's this moment right here, right now. And some of us, we can choose to refuse the the reality of the situation of where our life is, or we can get real, and there can be real change that happens. And so if, if you're here today and you say, Justin, I need to get things right with my relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to count to three. I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand. Maybe you've never made this choice. You've been putting it off. If that's you, when I get to three, just raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change the trajectory of your life and become a defining moment. One, two, three. Is there anyone here you say, Justin, that's me. There's one, there's two. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further. Yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. You join these three hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. Is there anyone else before we go any further? Say, Justin, that's me today. Man, there's a change that needs to happen. There's a change that needs to occur. Is there there anyone else before we go any further? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I have sinned, that I've messed up, and I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.